Hello and welcome to War Stories, my name is Simon Dowling. This episode features a conversation I had with a Newcastle-based writer, Patrick Duffy, and we discuss a bit about his work, his history, homelessness in Newcastle-upon-Tyne, mental health issues, Uh, we cover a a lot of things. Um, He's a really interesting guy and a really fantastic writer, and we were introduced through um, our mutual friend Mike, uh, who as soon as I asked for people to come on the podcast, he said, oh, Patrick will come on, he'd love to do it, he's a really interesting guy, Um, so please feel free to listen to our conversation. Um, It's quite not safe for work, there's a lot of swearing, we talk about some uh, touchy subjects, but uh, I hope you enjoy it, and I'll speak to you after it's finished. Okay, so I'm here with uh, Patrick Duffy, who is a poet and writer from Newcastle-upon-Tyne. I'm just going to, we've never met before, so (laughs) we'll be learning a little bit about Patrick as, and I'll be learning as, as you guys do. Um, so Patrick, if you just want to tell us a little bit about your background, what got you into into writing? Well, um, I always like enjoyed writing stuff from when I was younger, but um, I read a poem by Arthur Rimbaud um, when I think it was 14, and I decided to start try, like trying to be a writer after I read that. Yeah. It was uh, just after I'd read uh, Naked Lunch by William Burroughs as well, so like the first kind of stuff I wrote was all like cut up weird psychedelic things it wasn't until later until i started reading things like bukowski and stuff that i started getting into like dirty realism yeah which is more the stuff that i write now yeah because i mean i mean i've the rimbo is one of the guys that gets mentioned yeah. quite often by like kind of indie darlings like yeah. know, people like morrissey and pete Doherty, yeah. like people <laughs> really worship him um so i mean you've as we kind of spoke briefly on Facebook, you've mm. got like a, like a more interesting background than, than most people um, have had a more interesting yeah. life than probably the average person who's come on the podcast. Well, uh, yeah, I wrote my first novel whilst I was living in a homeless shelter. Well, I lived there for 18 months. It was just about stuff like living there, yeah. like uh, drug problems and alcoholism and things like that and yeah. mental health issues. So were they people that you met while you were living there or were they all kind of self-reflective I was, stories? Um, yeah, stories about the situations that I would get into there and stuff like that. And that's kind of when I started focusing on writing more, really, because I hated being there. And it was yeah. like, so like the only time wet place I really had to go was the library when that was open. So I would just sit in the library and read all day. Yeah. And then I'd go home and I'd write all day. <laughs> yeah. So it was a bit of an outlet for you yeah, uh, to kind of... Definitely. I think it's like creative writing's definitely been like one of the things that has helped us with my mental health problems. Yeah. It's been like the most like uh, helpful tool when dealing with stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of very useful to have a, a, an outlet. Uh, I might argue that the reason that I do this podcast yeah, is to much. like have something to focus on and not kind of wallow and, uh, yeah, it's and kind of get good. miserable again. Um, I mean... You've released a couple of collections of of books. Um, um, obviously, you had, like you said, you wrote your first novel. Yeah. When you were in the the homeless shelter. So when? How long ago was that? Um, I wrote it in two thousand and thirteen, I think, but I didn't publish it until two thousand and fifteen. Yeah. Because it was mostly written on the back of bills that I never paid <laughs> yeah. and things like that. So it took a while to collect it all together. Yeah. And stuff like that. Um, and. It wasn't a bad book, but like the editing was terrible because I was just learning how to do it and stuff yeah. myself, and it was entirely self-published. But uh, the second one I released just 
think February of this year was, was like very way more cohesive and stuff like that. Yeah, it was edited properly. So is it? Do you find? Do you write more kind of prose than you write poetry? Or I haven't like, wrote any poetry since I was about, I don't know sixteen or something. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> I, was, I called you a poet. At oh, this right. time. Yeah, um, I I got too embarrassed by <laughs> writing yeah. poetry. It's a bit too soft for us. Sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, because obviously Bukowski. I mean, I think yeah. the only Bukowski I've read is Hamon Wright, and then yeah. uh, probably you know read some of his poems just through yeah. other other places that's the thing he's the best poet and i realized all of me good poems were just bukowski robots <laughs> yeah. so i stopped writing poetry yeah. i mean i mean there's there's no harm in that it's kind of with as with every art form is it not a, yeah, we're at a point where yeah. everything is a derivation it's now yeah. impossible to come up with something that's original i guess the the thing with art is when you think you've come up with something and then you find uh, out that uh, someone else has created it. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't necessarily been been influenced by that kind of. Say, if you'd written this and then found out about Charles Bukowski, you'd be like, "Oh fuck, this somebody's yeah, already doing stole it." This, idea. <laughs> yeah. this guy, yeah. Um, so whereabouts in Newcastle was the the homeless shelter? It was on uh, Bath Lane. Uh, do you know where Tilly's Bar is? Yes, that's just opposite there. It's oh, the Tyneside Foyer. Tyneside Foyer, the home group. Yeah, well, yeah. Stoneham, Stoneham one, the one yeah, that burned down. It. I thought it burned down. I was living in the bed that rebuilt after it yeah, burned down. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I mean, I worked in the uh, the bookies just on the corner, the William Hill on oh, the corner, right, yeah. uh, and we were there the day that the fire happened. Like, oh, it's right. <laughs> just weird. Like, we got evacuated as well just because of the risk. Because I think because of the winds, they, re- they reckon it could have uh-huh. like spread across the buildings, and it was just mad. Like, and that, you know, I ended up working for Home Group like Did a few you? years later, and then being like, oh, that's. Oh, like having to go and go and work there and being like, oh, this is the gaff that burned down. I you meet some interesting people there. Yeah, well, I mean, I kind of went um, more with we worked with like young people who had been like like mm. young LGBT kids who had mm. kind of been kicked out of the houses, so uh, yeah. they kind of needed like a classroom. They needed to finish school essentially, so yeah. they did like classroom based. Oh, that's cool. Things. Yeah. Um, I only like I kind of didn't work in that area at all we just kind of did it as volunteers because yeah. i worked in a different part of home group and it was like amazing to get this like insight into a like yeah. kind of like you say like kind of untapped minds like people yeah. that had something that just got in the way and yeah. they were, you know they were keen to to progress and it was good for that shelter to be there to like keep yeah. keep people on track and stuff and um, how long did you did you live there i lived there 18 months um i lived in the actual shelter but the was just the bed sits for six months and then the realized that i'd never used any of the shared areas and that was yeah. because that i do have a temper sometimes and there was a lot of people there trying to start yeah fights constantly so i just avoided it entirely so they gave us one of the flats and the bit that burned down yeah uh, which is normally reserved for people who have jobs and stuff like that but they realized that like I didn't have a kitchen or anything like that, so they, they were very good with that and then put yeah. us in there. I mean, did you, you wrote while you were there, kind yeah, of, yeah. but you didn't have any tools, like you say, you wrote this on yeah, the back of, yeah, like, back of bills and yeah. stuff like that. Do you, do you still have the originals? Like, yeah, 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 I do. Got yeah. them all scanned <laughs> and saved, like, might be worth something one day. Yeah, know, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so I saw on Facebook that you were looking to collect stories. Yeah, um, from other people, from just other people. like, I uh, have, just stuff about like I don't know like the lower side of life and like fucking 
so, like some of the worst things that happen to people are kind of the most interesting for the people to hear about yeah. unfortunately i mean yeah amen like my uh i made a, a short film recently um mm. well it's not it's like literally it's about four or five minutes long it's just yeah. a little montage of uh, pictures from a trip that me and my wife went to to new york but um yeah we got robbed while we're there um and it was the trip that i'd planned to propose on and the oh, engagement right. ring got stolen um, so yeah I, I like i've i really struggled with that for yeah. ages like it completely fucked me up and like i um, have nightmares about the ring and all this stuff and like, i mean we still got engaged she is now my wife yeah. like everything kind of still went to plan just not the exact plan that i wanted <laughs> but um yeah you got, like, you got a good story from it though, <laughs> well, as yeah, awful as the, it was yeah so i've kind of i've found that the most therapeutic way to deal with the kind of mm. trauma of being robbed was to turn it into something energetic yeah. and like tell this story and then ended up i recorded it just like kind of to test this yeah. kind of podcast equipment and then the pod uh the tyne side are doing like an 80th birthday celebration so they wanted people to submit stories about the cinema yeah and while we were in new york after we'd been robbed we got stuck in a hurricane <laughs> so <laughs> yeah um and the only, like literally the only thing that was open was the cinema so like oh, really? everything else shut down but we're kind of all the small restaurants and bars and stuff yeah. were just closed because they were like fucked they were under yeah like feet of water whereas the cinemas were like raised and efficiently dealt with it so just opened (laughs) opened the day after the hurricane happened and we're like oh yeah everyone just come to cinema yeah (laughs) and kind of i told this story and with in the context of of how the cinema is like a useful outlet was that anything good on uh we went to see cloud atlas uh which i think is fucking great but i've never seen that most, one else, most yeah. people think it's, it's shit <laughs> uh, i mean the book's obviously like well yeah. well renowned but the film is apparently a bit of a damn squib but i, I really enjoyed it yeah. and then uh seven psychopaths as well i enjoyed that one yeah, yeah which <laughs> was fucking weird the like in the desert yeah. at the end <laughs> it's just it's the shootout in the graveyard like yeah. it just comes out of nowhere like it's such a such a weird weird film but uh, yeah it's uh we can't, that's what we saw at the cinema and it was kind of killed a couple of days while we we're waiting for planes to start taking off again yeah yeah um so i mean to, i don't know if, how much you want to talk about the, your, your mental health issues um, um i don't i don't mind because i write about them pretty, pretty uh, like candidly openly and stuff yeah. like that um i've got borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. which a lot of people argue doesn't exist because it seems to be like a like a, a lot of other illnesses or merged together and yeah. they don't know what to call it so they just call it borderline personality disorder but um mostly it's just anxiety and depression and um occasionally disassociative hallucinations right where, like i'm not really sure like i don't believe i am where i am really i believe i'm somewhere else but everything around us is a kind of a mirage yeah so do you can you like remember those kind of disassociated episodes uh, after yeah. they've happened and then you kind of channel them into your writing do they yeah yeah but i, I try to write about them because I, it's not something that's discussed that much I, I, I don't think like but uh yeah it's a very terrifying experience yeah happens, I, mean, like. I mean i can imagine it's like i imagine being spiked with a hallucinogenic drug like yeah. it's, it's not something anyone would would want to happen to them um i mean anxiety... depends on the hallucinogen yeah good morning I put some dmt in your coffee all right yeah that's the best one <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah um 
I was actually talking to a friend uh, in Berlin recently who's mm. done a, an ayahuasca retreat. Yeah. Uh, outside, just did it outside Berlin because uh, I'd kind of said like, oh, you know, you got to fuck or go to like Costa Rica or whatever yeah. to do them. And he was like, no, nah, you don't have to go to Costa Rica. You can, <laughs> you can go to Berlin just and just Berlin. have a little, you know, like kind Last of three time. day sweat hut. And that, uh, I must admit that he mm. very much sold it as a yeah. uh, transformative and kind of useful experience especially for people with with mental health yeah. issues um and that's that's one of the ones i'd be more scared of just because of the length of time it yeah like with two DMT. days yeah with dmt i love it because it's 15 minutes of <laughs> being in oblivion and just you don't know where you are you know? yeah i was i was doing it with uh, a couple of mates and literally like the second after it stopped my mate had just done it as well we're trying to communicate what had just happened but it's like no, I can't, like, we've just both done it and we still can't explain what just happened <laughs> yeah, to you can't, like, There you, wasn't even any words. <laughs> yeah, you can't, like, implant your experience on yeah. somebody else to, you know, you'll influence what they remember. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, do you, like, obviously anxiety and, and depression is something that over the last kind of, I mean, kind of two or three years is mm. a lot more expressed and openly spoke about yeah. in, in society um, I mean, do you find that that's had an impact on your, like, kind of ability to write? Do you feel more comfortable now than, say, mm. in, like, you know, a few years ago when you were writing about it? Did you feel, like, um, outsider then and now you feel like it's just kind of a um, normal thing? I st- st- still don't really think of it as a normal thing as well because, especially if I'm, a, like, write openly about when I'm in a manic state and stuff yeah. like that. And um, there's no way you can come off sounding good <laughs> yeah. like, when you write about that openly because, yeah, it's fucked up. But, um, yeah, it is a good thing that it's been talked about more, but at the same time, the slashed funding for mental health and things yeah. like that. And I've been on waiting lists for years and years for different types of therapy. Yeah. And usually I get to the end of it and say, they say, oh, your case is too complex. You need to go on a waiting list to see this person instead. Yeah, I mean, I've... I've- yeah. Um. I mean, did like the home group or like Stonham? Did they provide any mental health support, or was it literally just housing? Um. Yeah. It, it, it was just housing. But to be fair, the entire time I was there, I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Like I'd I'd fuck, Like to be fair, I'd fucked up a lot, and that was a lot of the reason I was there. Yeah. But um. And then um basically just I I was just drunk all the time. I'd steal wine. Uh. I used to be a very good thief. <laughs> I'm too anxious to do it now, but yeah. I used to be amazing at it. <laughs> yeah, I guess already having the Dutch courage to steal the wine to yeah. give you more Dutch courage. Like, I'm assuming when you started, you know, you read uh, Naked Lunch and yeah. kind of first came across Rimbo. Was yeah. that before you'd kind of started experiencing any mental health issues? Or do you... um, I'd, I'd always felt like I was old and there was something wrong with this kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I could, like, I'm not... I'm, I feel uncomfortable around people all the time. Yeah. Um, it's there. Uh, it's not a comment on other people. Really, it's a comment on myself. I just yeah. don't really feel comfortable. Uh, but um, yeah. And then when I read stuff like that, and that th- there's a quote from Rimbaud that was well the one that like turned us on so much to writing was just that the idea of that d- a poet should dedicate himself to a derangement of the senses, and that that just appealed to us <laughs> yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like, like- yeah because <laughs> i mean i guess if you hadn't been exposed to mm. kind of wanting to create art from a younger age mm. you might have had a completely different path you know when oh, you were definitely. drinking if you didn't have an outlet to kind of yeah. write and 
Or would it just be more just crime oriented? Yeah, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, you know, I have experienced. I mean, always kind of from the other side, you know. I'm, I'm mm. very aware of my own privileges, but like even like working in a bookies and mm. working for Home Group and kind of even elements of my current job, I'm so much more exposed to like the other side of life and very much mm. kept down to earth with like what the experience other people are having yeah. which is kind of one of the main reasons that i was interested to have you on the podcast because yeah. i'm very aware that the kind of six episodes i've done so far have been about like young middle class people i guess yeah. essentially nothing that is as kind of transformative as, as your experience with with art um yeah. so i mean i guess like what is your plan to write forever? Have you got like a broader plan to yeah. of what you want to create? Or I, d- I yeah, I just want to keep writing uh, books and stuff like that, and hopefully, I'm uh, looking forward to hopefully working on a screenplay with some a guy I know called Adam Barnett. He <laughs> uh, went to the British Film and Television School and stuff. He did right, be- very well for himself, and he was one of the uh, people who like read me writing when I was like sixteen and stuff, and yeah. encouraged us from then. And he's always kept in touch with us about it. Yeah. yeah, so I'm hoping to write a screenplay or something soon and do is, stuff like that. Will that be, again, will that be kind of a self-reflective, like, autobiographical screenplay? Yeah. Or you... I, I, like, it's weird being, like, sort of, like, self-hating and a narcissist at the same time because <laughs> yeah. I write about myself always. I, I write like... really well about how bad a person I am. Yeah. yeah. It's basically... Yeah. yeah. No, man, I mean, like, all, you know, most of great work is is autobiographical even the yeah. s- strangest science fiction tends yeah. to have some like deep rooting in Your you know the experience of you know you wouldn't have like fucking narnia if it wasn't for the fact that c.s lewis was like mm. deeply ingrained in christianity from yeah. a young age kind of thing well, kind of all all kind of good uh you know there's that is it fucking bill hicks quote that's like if you don't want your kids to have an experience with drugs, then like throw all of their CDs away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of the good art was created. Burn all of your records. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was was created with the help of, of drugs. I mean, do you like obviously you you drink now, mm. even though you kind of used to drink all the time. Do you? Do you yeah. Are you in a more manageable kind oh, of it's place? Way more manageable now because like let's say if I don't have money to drink, I don't go out and steal it anymore. Yeah. And stuff like that, and I have days where I don't drink. And I drink more in moderation and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Because it, it got to the point where I just like I couldn't do anything really. I would just drink. I wouldn't go to bed yeah. or anything like that. I would just drink. Like, you, would you still write when you were kind oh, of yeah. doing that? Yeah. Um, it's weird going back and reading through it and wondering where those thoughts came from because like, you've got no going, memory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can't kind of put yourself back into that, yeah. <laughs> that place that you were that day. Um, I mean, do you do you find it? easier or or harder to write with like clarity with like a clear head do you like... um for a first draft of a story that like i'll trying to make it like get an idea of a story it's always easier to be drunk because you're more willing to embarrass yourself you're more willing to like put your like heart out there and things like that yeah but like when you go back and edit it, you've got to be sober otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like fix the grammar and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you do you sometimes leave the kind of weird sentence structure and things for like? Oh yeah, definitely. Like it's, authenticity, I guess. Especially the dialogue, but because like the drunk, like I like to try to make the dialogue of a drunk quite authentic. Yeah. So like it, yeah, it 
should be hard to understand because drunks are quite often hard to understand. Yeah. So what you self-publish on like mm. Amazon now? Yeah. Notice, yeah. Amazon now. Um, I used to make zines as well. Actually, I brought two. Oh, but sweet. Yeah, one of them's just yeah. The title self-explanatory kinky <laughs> yeah. sex drug abusing cats yeah and then big ugly sex beast is like just a satire of how working class people are portrayed by reality tv oh, and like it's yeah. a fictional like jeremy kyle show i mean i noticed theresa may's all the adverts for uh, the ad breaks <laughs> <laughs> gideon's lubricant of <laughs> westminster yeah I um fucking I won't I won't read the quote. This is a family show, but yeah, um yeah. So you so you wrote it and then Maddie Venus did the yeah. She did the illustrations. We did three together. I couldn't find the other one. Yeah, there. she does the cover art for all my books as well. Like. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's like was oh, that her porpoise printing press? Yeah, that was the uh, that was the thing that we used to publish the zines under. Yeah. So, like, has, did the fact that you can now self-publish on Amazon, like, stop you making zines, like? Um, no, um, well, basically, we, I used to live with Maddie, and then, like, we stopped talking for a long time, uh, because I'm mental and things like that, (laughs) Uh, but, uh, we're we're, uh, good friends again now and stuff, but, uh, she's doing other stuff, and I'm doing my, like, like, I don't re- write as many short stories anymore. Like I, yeah. I like to focus more on novels now mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, so your your short stories you publish through like through zine format, and yeah. I guess it's easier. To, you know, self publishing novels on on Amazon seems to be like yeah. so easy. Like I'd to do. Like, I, I was amazed by how easy it was <laughs> yeah. to do. Like and just like I mean, does it how how easy is it easier to publicize because you've got like an amazon link does it does it make it look more like reputable I yeah guess? it does make it look more reputable than me just posting on facebook do you want to buy this <laughs> yeah send yeah. us your money <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like, i'll post you on <laughs> yeah pay, paypal is some cash no. yeah <laughs> stick it in the post um so you're are you currently writing again or you do you ever mm. like take a break like when you publish a novel do you have like a little rest from writing or um, I, I spend a couple of days feeling awful and thinking I've got nothing to write about and then yeah. all of a sudden I'll start writing again. I, um, I mean, yeah, I guess I, I feel like I've been in a few different bands and we've done a few different EPs and it's yeah. always that kind of, I'll release this to the world so therefore I'll give myself a rest and then you just, if you yeah, don't get that immediate yeah. reaction, <laughs> you're just like, oh well, what I've done is shit, I'll never do this again. Yeah. And then you inevitably kind of get inspired and, and do something else. I mean, I've got like songs and EPs that I've had I've mm. been working on since I was like 17, yeah. 18 and I will never, oh. I'll never I'll never release them like I've, I've had them like several different recordings do, over like There's 12 so many years more often than not I go back and read it and I'm just like fucking hell this is dreadful because <laughs> <Right, yeah. laughs> I guess the the music bit I always find easier than the uh, the writing bit I don't yeah. um, I find I enjoy writing, but I enjoy writing and then reading it back to myself and going, mm. I got something out of that, but I'm never going to kind of show yeah. it to anyone. Um, like I've, I've always kind of wanted to write more, but you know, it's just, yeah. like, I feel like the kind of theme of this podcast is I'll have people on who will do something that I'm interested in and me going, I really should do more of that. <laughs> like, and then this, never yeah. doing it. Like what I'm really going to do is speak to somebody yeah. else who does something that I'm interested in and go, oh, I should do more of that. Mm. I mean, I'm talking like skateboarding, going to the theater, yeah. like, going to museums like skateboarding so much fun man <laughs> yeah what are you kind of what are you writing at the minute obviously you're 
said that you've just done novel um, number two. I the thing I'm writing out about in the minute is uh, me, uh, me best friend from when I was younger who died. Uh, it's basically about stuff like that, like episodes from my childhood. Yeah. Like leading up to the thing that because he died of a heroin overdose. Oh, shit. And unfortunately, I was the first person that gave him heroin. So it's basically my guilt about that and things. It's rare, just a lot of stories building up to that and yeah. being at his funeral and stuff like that. And then relate, like, it's the, I'm not sure how to set it out at the moment, whether that's just going to be a big chunk or whether it's going to be based on more recent stories about more recent events with flashbacks and stuff yeah. about his event and just, like, weaving them in. It's like in a very early stage of the yeah. Do you find it like cathartic to write about uh, that, yeah. like, so kind like, of... To, to not forget him and yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, it's a form of, like, kind of self-therapy as well to kind yeah. of, you know, you'll you'll look back at certain situations with a, you know, you might be more mature now and what you would have yeah. done and, and how, you, how you might have thought about a situation at the time might be completely... Yeah. I mean, that's one of the key aspects of anxiety is... Like yeah. everyone plays back the moments Moment, in the head. Yeah. I and remember it, moments that embarrass us from when I was like two. Or yeah, three. For, <laughs> amen. Like I mean, it's 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 weird that like um, speaking to like a therapist who will, like you'll talk about something that you feel right now, and they're just like, wait a minute, like what happened to what happened to you when you were eight? That's made you feel that. And like I, you know, I've kind of I remember. When I was like eight years old, I used to play football every morning in Cowgate with, uh, yeah. not every morning, every like Saturday morning with like me dad and my uncles yeah. and my cousins. And one day I went to Cowgate Leisure Centre and everyone else in my class was there yeah. for a birthday party oh, right. that I hadn't been invited to. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and like at the time, I, you know, I was fucking eight years old. I was just like, yeah. well, this is kind of embarrassing. And like the yeah. lad whose birthday it was said like, why are you here? Oh, and like, God. and I... I guess I'd fucking... I hadn't repressed it because I still remember it. Like, yeah. I remember... I can fucking remember what I was wearing. But it's just, why yeah. the fuck do I remember that? And, like, <laughs> that individual incident is probably, yeah. like, 90% of the cause for the majority <laughs> yeah. of my, like, anxiety that I that I feel now. And if, I guess, I, you know, if I... I might just sit and fucking write that story. Yeah. <laughs> like, a Willie Russell-style play about this kid uh, who gets, like, <laughs> left out and uh, and rejected by his... Basically, all of my peers. I think I spent the rest of my time in that primary school just sitting on the field, like. But see, as well, even you tell them that story there, though you're laughing though as well. <laughs> yeah. That's the best thing when you go back and you write about stories or tell these stories. You can see the humor in them. Yeah. And it, it like it disarms them kind of in yeah, your mind. Yeah, like, definitely. Like, yeah, I guess the first, you know, probably the first time I said that story, I was probably really fucking sad. Yeah. And now, <laughs> now it's just like what a ridiculous. Yeah thing to have happened to like an eight-year-old boy and like yeah. i guess it, there's a little bit of anger as well like how pathetic of him <laughs> to do that i was one kid just let us yeah. come to your party but yeah I, st I still see him every now and again really <laughs> he's just you know he's, he's still like on his uh, on the outside of a circle of friends yeah and i just don't invite him do, places do, do, do you keep going places and he's just like yeah. i don't invite you <laughs> yeah. all the time yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's now my dentist and I just turn up without an appointment all the time. <laughs> all right. The fuck are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess, I mean, we've covered kind of a, a bit of anything. Is there anything, any kind of anecdotes or like interesting tales, even not necessarily about you? Like mm. obviously I know you're currently kind of collecting these stories from, from around um, the city. Unfortunately, I've, uh, the, 
there's only one person that submitted one so far, and uh, he wants to be anonymous. Oh, right. So I can't publish it now because <laughs> the, the anonymous person will be him, quite, <laughs> quite clearly. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I've, I've got so many people who want to do it, but they're just like, oh, I'd like, but this person will know that I did this. Yeah. And, like, so. Yeah, you can't kind of change names because yeah. it's so specific, like yeah, the story it's... that they're telling. Other people are less willing to humiliate themselves than I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of you've got this like door closed to all of these interesting stories, but because people yeah. are people are ashamed and like, yeah. I mean, do you kind of try and encourage them to just be like, look, just give me the story. Like, do you tell yeah. them to maybe change it in any way? To I, I tell them just to say that it's fiction. I, I say well, because none of my writing is one hundred percent non-fiction or one hundred percent fiction. The line's so blurred that I can just say, no, that bit's not true. Yeah, I like the um, <laughs> the bit that's in the front of the book that says, like, oh, any characters that, oh, yeah, it's like, pu- <laughs> it's purely malicious. Yeah. Like, normally it says, like, it's purely coincidental that they remind you. And, like, no, in your case, purely it's... malicious. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you just keep their names in, like... No, no I, cha- I changed their names, but so barely that the- <laughs> everyone knows that it's them. Yeah. I, I mean, is there any libel when it's a true story? Like, yeah. yeah. The, the one person whose name I refuse to change, because there's a bit where... Um, there's a bit where... Talking about when I was went to court for assault. And uh, instead of telling what happened, I just post the three statements that were made about us and then what I said in court. <laughs> And then say, you just make up your mind what happened. Yeah. I can say without a doubt, all four of us are lying. Yeah. <laughs> you can just choose for yourself what happened. Yeah. <laughs> just turn everyone into the jury. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, what, what's, have you, what was the name of your, your kind of most recent novel? Just so people can go out and, and like, yeah, search it. Was for it was called Can't Hardly Stand It. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, just best. But I, it's a cramp song mm-hmm. by a band from the 80s. And they but uh, the idea of it was basically living with mental health problems and like being like, feeling like you can't hardly stand it. Yeah. You keep going, but you like you feel like you can't go any much longer. Yeah. Kind of thing. And it's available on the um, Kindle, it, the it, Kindle it, store. Yeah, how much? How much do you charge for your for your wares? I've got no idea. Do they do they <laughs> like set the prices? I set the prices, but it was a while ago. I can't remember. Yeah. I, I think the by the like the paperback copies seven fifty. I think the Kindle version's a pound, maybe, or oh, two right, pounds. Okay. So, like, do you, do they, I'm assuming they, like, take a percentage when you... Uh, yeah, with it being print order, like, they take, like, I don't know, 70, 80% of it or something like that. Yeah. But uh, with the Kindle version, they take uh, a smaller percentage. Yeah. But so, they actually print the, yeah, the print they, version? Yeah, it's, it's print on demand, so that, that don't, I get a way less, I would get a way smaller, uh, like, margin of the if profit. If you were printing them. But, like, I don't have to put together enough money to print a large yeah. amount of copies that's amazing like i didn't i genuinely didn't yeah. know how to do that i i assumed their only self-publishing was was yeah. like the kindle kindle versions oh, i don't no, know they do, they do paperbacks as well that's, yeah. that's fucking mad like yeah, i didn't really know that, that was a thing i mean I get, that's such a good mm. i mean obviously amazon evil corporation should pay more tax but like it's well, good definitely. like it's hard to hate them when they enable yeah like you know <laughs> kind of independent writers in, in such a manner yeah that's i just genuinely didn't know that they they did that yeah. like i am um, i i would i found out because i was uh doing this uh work placement through uh the job center mm-hmm. it was at uh, the city library and some guy was uh th- they were talking about some guy that worked there that published dirty books 
And I was like, obviously, I want to meet this person. Yeah. I can't remember what his name was, but then like, <laughs> I went and talked to him. And he explained how to do it for us. So and he then just I did. I uh, published my first book like two weeks later. <laughs> Self-published <laughs> his own mucky books. I know you've kind of said that you're going to do a, a want to write a screenplay, yeah. and you've kind of used to write poetry, but you don't anymore. You currently kind yeah. of write prose. Do you ever do like anything else? Have you ever kind of done music as an outlet or? Uh, yeah, I was in a band with Mike briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what? Because it was two drummers, uh, guitarist, and me doing vocals. But um, that it was me just doing spoken word basically. Yeah. But, like screaming over the top, so it was like droney power violence <laughs> with me <laughs> nice. screaming all over the top of it. Yeah. But so. uh, I'm also working on some stand up as well. Mm-hmm. I kind of like because uh, to be fair, as well as much as writing as like writers like Bukowski and stuff have influenced me writing. Like people like Doug Stanhope, yeah, and um, Ari Shafir and other comedians like Joey Diaz and stuff like that have influenced me. That like writing just as much, like yeah, because that's like finding humor and darkness. Yeah, like. Doug Stanhope's very candid about. I mean, yeah. that the story about him killing his mom, yeah, essentially, so funny <laughs> is how I don't understand. Like, if you haven't, if the people listening haven't seen the bit where Doug Stanhope talks about how he essentially killed his mother yeah. and admits it on a fucking stand-up show. Yeah. Um, you should watch it because he, he wrote a book about his relationship with her as well yeah. called Digging Up Mother which is absolutely fucking hilarious no, I've not, <laughs> not read it I'll have to give it a shot so yeah. I mean do you do you find it easier to write because obviously stand up doesn't necessarily have to be funny like it doesn't have to have punchlines yeah. and swing and often yeah. people will laugh at something that's really dark when you've yeah. written it as dark like do you find it it's is like, it like a different process to, to write in a novel like yeah, I'm, I'm basically writing a kind of like a short story, but with more jokes in it yeah. and stuff like that. And so it's more palatable to be read to someone out loud kind yeah. of thing. Has it has it made your, your, like your novel writing less funny? Like, have you... Oh, no, I, I always try to make my novels as funny as yeah. possible because when you're writing about depression and stuff like that... I, you need to keep you it light. Yeah, you need <laughs> yeah. to keep it light. Like, yeah, you... like uh I don't know, like fucking one of my fun, like favorite parts of the most recent book is the bit about me when I try to commit suicide. I think I managed to make that very lighthearted. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess, like, so you you don't sometimes like come up with a sh- like a bit and then think, do you have to like separate it between whether it would work better as your stand up or whether it would work better in your novel or is it? Do you just keep the subject so like? I've never, I've never actually yet done any stand-up. It's, mm. it's the, this is the first time I'm working on it. it. It came to us whilst I was writing about my mate Johnny because I remember remembered when we were 14 and the man who called himself Gandalf <laughs> and us as two hobbits tried to make help him find a whorehouse and paid for him to... <laughs> gave him £20 to take him to a whorehouse. And it wasn't, well, very young and naive, and we didn't realise till towards the end of the night that he was planning on fucking both of us. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And had to drag me friend, Johnny, out of the bar because Johnny did not believe that Gandalf would do that to us. Anyway, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll leave it there on on that kind of (laughs) positive note. Um, I mean, we've kind of already mentioned that you can get uh, Patrick's books on Amazon. I guess you just search for Patrick Duffy. um, I can't hardly stand it as the, as the, the title of the... 
the most book. yeah most recent one the other one was called a nobody plagued by all of the somebodies mm-hmm. um do you have any work like on any of your older zines or or writing online anywhere um yeah i've got uh scumfuckjournals.blogspot.com yeah where we can reach up like I've got 40 or 50 short stories up on there. Yeah, certainly I'll be delving at the... Not safe at. for work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll read them on my home computer. Yeah, like, or maybe like in private browsing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thanks very much for coming. All oh, uh, right, it's yeah. been a pleasure meeting you, man. No problem. There you have it. That was my conversation with Patrick. As he mentioned, he self-publishes on Amazon, so feel free to go and check out his work. Uh, I've got his second book as well as the zines to get through. And I have since checked out his blog spot. So if you just search Paddy Scumfuck uh, or Scumfuck Journals, you will find them on Google. Um, I'm hoping to do a Christmas episode. I haven't quite worked out what that's going to be yet. Um, but that will be with you around Christmas time in a couple of weeks. And then in January, I'll be picking things up again with a few more interviews um, with some friends, some people that I've just met. And it'll be more interesting stories about Newcastle upon Tyne. I'll speak to you soon on the Christmas episode, and as always, if you have anything you want to talk about on War Stories, please drop me a message on Facebook, on Twitter, or via email on warstories at gmail.com. Bye!